0: Welcome to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm here for the, another nice Chico afternoon. I'm glad you're able to spend some time with me. I hope to be very informative. I've got lots of good business news for you. I'm always here as a good second opinion. And just remember that it just never hurts to, to ask a few questions. Remember, the, the only dumb question is the question you don't ask. I think I remember that from school days. That's kind of a famous thing to, to remind people that it's, it's never dumb to ask a question. So anytime you might have a thought about anything you have going on financially, tax-wise, just uh, get a second opinion from someone like me. I'm always available and I like to help. That's why I'm here today on this lovely summer afternoon. Not so lovely for the people dealing with the big car fire, but hopefully it's getting better. I, I've i noticed that the percentage of containment keeps going up, so I know every time that goes higher, that's good news for somebody. So today, I really just kind of want to go over a few things, that, things that I've touched on before, but just really more Knowledge and information that I think you would be wise to at least think about, at least think about them and learn. Uh, And as usual, I'm like, be careful because you've worked hard for your money and you really don't want to see it disappear. So, speaking of things disappearing, I have a local article that's actually just from a few days ago. It's actually from CBS News in Sacramento. And the title of it is Safe Boxes May Not Be Safe After All. One of the subjects I've talked about on Business Buzz has been the fact that you should have a percentage. And I won't say how much of a percentage, but according to the things I was telling you last time, the super wealthy people a lot of them have 20 to 50% of their wealth in physical assets, which would be gold, silver, maybe platinum, maybe raw land, things that are actually real assets as opposed to paper and computer digits, which is what your uh, bank accounts and stockbroker accounts are actually made of. One of the things that people ask me, and to be honest, there's no real easy answer because one of the main questions I've heard, and I honestly don't know a great answer is, how do you store everything safely? Number one, your homeowner's insurance will not cover your gold and silver bullion that you have bought. It's a whole special thing and they just don't cover it insurance-wise. There probably are special insurance plans that might allow you to cover it. But in my opinion, if there was, number one, it would be super expensive. And number two, they might require that you actually have your physical possessions in a vault situation. Here's the problem with the vault situations. Right now, there's people in Europe, like Germany... Switzerland, they go to their bank asking back for their gold bars that they have on file or in the vault, supposedly, and they're being told, I'm sorry, you can't have those back. We'll write you a check instead. In other words, vaulted gold and silver really doesn't exist for you unless it's very, very secure, and most places are not going to be very secure. I know for a fact that the banks, even in Europe, where Swiss banks used to be like the world's greatest answer to safety, they are to the point of not returning gold to customers. I've read a few stories about that lately. And one other thing, I'm going to get into this story first because I wanted to talk a little bit more about an interesting thing that happened recently in the physical metals market that I'm aware of. I'm just going to read this article. It's from Orangevale, which is down around, it's in the Sacramento area. A woman says her bank let her safe deposit box vanish, and she's not the only one. Susan Nomi says when she went to open her Bank of America safe deposit box of 16 years, the entire box was gone. That's where she kept her family's jewelry and her dad's coin collection. I was in shock. I was just like what happened to my box, said Nomi. She says Bank of America can't explain where her valuables went. They don't have an answer. They don't have an answer. They say thanks for letting us know, she says. Nomi was infuriated, especially considering she is a retired Bank of America employee of 40 years. And she's not alone. Others have complained that Bank of America drilled their safe deposit boxes without permission or notice. Wendy Wu says her belongings were taken out of her safe deposit box and shipped to her. Everything was dumped in a plastic bag, said Wu. She says a ring was missing and a stone and a necklace was damaged in the process. Safe deposit box, that's what it's for, safe, she said. Another family reported getting their safe deposit contents shipped back too, but claimed $17,000 in jewelry was missing. Then another woman who just wants to be identified as Maggie says, I just got robbed from the bank. They just took my stuff, she exclaimed. Federal rules say banks can drill a box without permission only when there is a court order, search warrant, delinquent rental fees, requests from estate administrator's, or if the bank is closing a branch. However, none of those reasons applies to any of these cases. Safe deposit box consultant Dave Gwynn trains bank employees on proper safe deposit box procedures. He says federal law requires that banks give customers adequate notice. So I won't read the entire article, but Bank of America still can't explain what happened to her valuables, but said we certainly understand how frustrating this matter is, Ms Nomi and we are working with her on a resolution we were look we are looking at this situation to help us identify opportunities to help avoid similar events in the future as we continue to work on improving service to our customers. She says, "I can't ever replace it. it's irreplaceable. doesn't matter how much it's worth. After we got involved, she told us the bank agreed to cut her a check. The Bank of America also paid to fix Miss Wu's damaged jewelry, but left each of them wondering how safe a safe deposit box is. I thought that was interesting, so I wanted to share that with you. And that's, that's not that far from here. That's just down in Sacramento. And, of course, Bank of America is in pretty much every most every town in California anyway. So I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, here's my point. If you do choose to own some physical gold... Safe deposit boxes are fairly safe but like this story shows you just never know. So I just encourage you to, you know, you can look up articles on the internet, you can watch YouTube, uh you can you can find out ways to keep your property safe. It's just you have to do your own due diligence as I like to say. Don't ever take anybody's word for anything. It's up to you to protect yourself and your assets. That's why I tell you and I read you a lot of these articles that I bring to Business Buzz. You are not hearing both sides of the story most of the time. I'm here to educate you on the other side of the story. On the subject of physical metals that are tough to store and tough to insure but very valuable, one thing to remember is when the mainstream is telling you one thing, it's probably time to do the opposite. They've been poo-pooing gold for years and years and decades, in fact, so it's probably a good idea to get some. That's probably what they're doing without telling you that that's what they're doing. My feeling today, I've got some other things I'm going to bring up for you. My feeling today is you really can't believe a word that you hear or read and I'm just going to educate you a little more, give you a few more things that I think are interesting. I hope you find them interesting also. I'm going to read a little bit of an article that was very interesting. I sort of know this, but you might not. And if you ever hear the term called junk silver, if you talk about buying silver and someone says junk silver, I found this article called What's the difference between junk silver, constitutional silver, and 90% silver? The difference may surprise you. Junk silver coins, constitutional silver coins, and 90% silver coins are all ways to refer to the same thing. Pre-1965, 90% silver, dimes, quarters, half dollars, and dollar coins. Uh, And then it says the United States used silver coinage for most of its history. These 90% silver coins are some of the last remaining silver coin legacies of our forefathers. What's the difference? The difference is in the name you prefer to use. Some people don't like the word junk, even though it doesn't mean it's trash. And some people, people like to use the word constitutional because the U.S. Constitution lays out the requirement for a bimetallic gold and silver standard. But no matter which names you prefer, it all identifies the same silver coinage in general. Here's what I thought was really interesting in this article, and unless uh, being a law student, of course, I've I've read this in law school, but you don't read it that often. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution directs Congress to coin money and fix the weights and measures, and Article 1, Section 10 explicitly says that our money is to be gold and silver coinage. That said, it wasn't until the Coinage Act of April 2, 1792, when the Congress defined those weights and measures in exact figures. Most people don't realize this, but the original definition of one dollar, as in one United States dollar, is actually a specific weight and purity of silver. Here it is straight from the 1792 Coinage Act. And by the way, that Coinage Act has never been repealed, so it's still the law. Dollars are the same as now current and do contain three hundred and seventy one grains and four sixteenths parts of a grain of pure or four hundred and sixteen grains of standard silver. I'm going to stop there because the standard silver is the ninety two point five called sterling silver, and the first definition would be pure silver. Then it goes on to say half dollars, each to be of half the value of the dollar, one hundred and eighty five grains and ten sixteenths parts of a grain or two hundred and of a grain of standard silver. And it goes on to break it down between quarters and dimes also. Isn't that interesting that our law actually says that a dollar is a measure of silver, but you cannot trade your paper dollar for physical silver? Up until 1968, I believe, you could. I remember when my dad went over to the San Francisco Mint and brought a couple of silver certificate paper dollars and came back with some little vials full of silver, and that was still legal tender. It was still, dollar bills were still exchangeable for for silver up till about 50 years ago. I find that quite interesting that the money that we are supposed to be using isn't being used anymore. And I've pointed out, in 1964, which is coincidentally after JFK was assassinated, silver coins virtually disappeared. The half dollar stayed all silver for one year. I'm sorry, it stayed 90% silver for one year. Then it became 40% silver for five or six years. And then it became copper and nickel like our coins are now. That was sort of the turning point of our entire monetary system. And then in 1971, the dollar became completely uncoupled from the gold standard. So we have been on, since 1971, our dollar, that thing that you have in the bank and that you might have in your wallet, that dollar is merely a debt instrument via the Federal Reserve, which is a private bank. We don't really have uh, regular real money anymore. And that's why I recommend that you should probably have part of your portfolio in physical gold and maybe some silver. We're coming up on that first break. I've got some real interesting topics to talk about. I want to r- remind you how important it is to buy these physical metals as what's called money insurance. If the dollar goes down in confidence value, like it's done in South America and a couple of countries, the paper dollars will not be worth very much. So it's very important that you protect your wealth with a percentage of money insurance, which is physical gold and physical silver. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back after the break. Stay tuned.
1: Scott I'm Scott Allred. I'm Ventaney.
0: And I'm Matt Four.
1: This is Jessica Wilkerson, one of your hosts of Chico Now. A half hour designed for the community and brought to you by the community. Each day, one of our hosts will join with people from organizations throughout the greater Chico area. We want to let you know what's happening in Chico Now. So join us at 1230, Monday through Friday here on KKXX for Chico Now. You wanted to be a teacher when you were little. But as you grew up, things changed. Teaching just didn't seem like the best option anymore. So you decided to become something else. But what would your 12-year-old self say? Interesting and innovative things are happening in teaching today. So it's time to put it back on your list. Don't try to convince yourself otherwise. You had it right the first time. Find out how you can make more at teach.org. Make more. Teach. Brought to you by Teach and the Ad Council just received news that Chlorina and Sludge have been captured for impersonating Springwater. Let's now go to our field reporter, Al wet Once again, Bob the Drop saves the world from fake water and... Oh, here's Bob now. Bob, do you have anything to say? Well, Chlorina and Sludge from Tapopolis are the worst. Why would you want wannabe water when you can have the best tasting water delivered right to your door? Anyone can get Mount Shasta Springwater if they call us at 1-800-922-6227. Pure and simple. Naturally the best. Mount Shasta water.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you have a little time this warm Chico summer afternoon to spend with me. I hope to be entertaining and informative. I was on the subject of money insurance, which is physical gold and silver. I've talked about it before. I don't want to belabor the point. But one thing that was very interesting that just occurred recently is the price of silver has been and gold has been knocked down very heavily the last few weeks, which is a great opportunity for people in the know like you and I to buy a little bit at a cheap discount bargain basement price. What's interesting is the place that I have bought for quite a while, My one of my favorite coins to buy, and you can get in touch with me and ask ask me what I think about as far as what to buy and what to start out with if you're doing a little bit of money insurance one of my favorite coins is called the Austrian Philharmonic it's a one ounce silver coin minted in Austria it's got a picture of the like the opera house on one side and some violins on the other side Mozart was Austrian if I'm not mistaken It is a really cool coin and I really like it because one of my favorite places to buy the silver Philharmonic is a company in uh, Texas. To make a long story short, I went to buy some the other day because like I say, with bargain basement fire sale prices, it's not a bad time to get a couple more. The... Philharmonics that I buy are generic. They don't have a particular year attached to them, so I save money on each one. They were out of stock the other day on basic Philharmonic coins. They still had plenty of coins available by the year, but they would cost more. So the the inexpensive, low-premium, basic Philharmonics were sold out the other day. The only reason I think this is important is because in the probably three or four years that I've been buying some of these from this exact same company, they've never been out of stock. This leads me to believe that when the price dips down like it has, and right now silver is around fifteen sixty per ounce, when it dips down that low, people like me and people in the know just basically start buying it up. That is what happens when a retailer like the one I use runs out of a particular coin. That, to me, is a sign that there's a lot of people that are buying some money insurance, and I think you should too. After all, you insure your home, you insure your car, you insure your health. Well, they force you to do that. You insure your, what else do you insure? Car, house, motorcycle, but you don't insure your money. That's a big mistake. Big mistake. I wanted to point that out because I think you should at least maybe spend 30 or $40 a month and buy a couple ounces of silver. That's my opinion. It wouldn't hurt. Moving along... I will interject here. This is not directly business related, but it sort of is because the families that are mentioned, and I have not read this yet, so don't quote me, but I will tie it to the Business Buzz show because the families that are mentioned in this report are big business families. Since I haven't read it, I won't have you quote me on this, but I will point you to it. I don't have the actual website yet because I just heard about this today on my little lunch break and I haven't had time to go back and dig and print something out to actually start reading this. But the person that I saw on the internet that was talking about it, I have a lot of faith in just based on the prior articles that I've heard from this person and the prior news this person has given me. If you're an internet surfer, you might want to look this up. I'm going to look it up later today as soon as I get a few minutes. I just haven't had time right at the moment. Apparently, the CIA.gov website has published a book, a 290-page book, quote, slash, report. And don't quote me on all this, but the person on the internet that I listen to news from said that this was part of the hall that was brought in from Obama, oh, I'm sorry, Osama bin Laden's cave when they supposedly flushed him out. He had a huge amount of records. I haven't read this yet, but I'm definitely interested in looking it up. The CIA website has published this 292-page volume about the Illuminati. The reason I tie this into the Business Buzz show is that the Illuminati just means all the people who basically run everything, including the giant, wealthy uh, European banking families that own the Federal Reserve, the ones who got the $12 trillion bailout from our Federal Reserve in 2008. Uh, These are the business people. And I'm looking forward to reading this, but if you want to go to CIA.gov, I don't know how to find it there. I'm going to go there later. It would be very interesting to read this type of book because this is a summary of what's really happened over the last two or 250 years in the business world as opposed to, The stories you hear and the fact that the CIA published it tells me that it's true. Now, I'm not guaranteeing all this is true. You'd have to, of course, read all this for yourself and do your own due diligence. But I've been reading alternative news for over 30 years. I used to subscribe pre-internet to newspapers that nobody else I knew had even heard of. And I got so much good information that has definitely turned out to be true that I do get tired of people calling these conspiracies. I feel that when the CIA publishes something like this to their website, it's not probably not a conspiracy anymore. But I just wanted to alert you that if you're interested in some fascinating reading, I'm going to dig into it when I can. It should be very interesting, and it is supposedly just been published on cia.gov but i haven't found it there i haven't had time to look so don't quote me and if you do go there and you don't find it i i apologize for the for the wild goose chase maybe by the next show i will get a link to where you can find that download that published report at the cia's website but it doesn't get any more official than something being published on the CIA's official government website, in my opinion. One of my other favorite topics on Business Buzz is the stock market, which doesn't seem to want to ever go down again. I don't believe it's at an all-time high, but I do believe it's approaching that. I noticed today the infamous Dow 30, which is 30 stocks that really aren't that industrial, but they're called the Dow Industrials. They are at, I believe, about 25400 today. I know that's close to a record, but I don't think it's a record. I think the record's in the 26s. I don't really know. Of course, they've changed the Dow since they set that record. About three or four weeks ago, General Electric, the only original member of the Dow 30, got taken away from the Dow. I guess General Electric is not industrial enough. I guess companies like Visa are more industrial than General Electric or American Express. That's how it works. If you want to look that up, you could type in on your browser something like components of the Dow industrials, and it'll give you a list. And if you take a look, you'll see that I believe no more than half could be considered industrial. Most of them are more technical and technology, most of them are more technical than industrial, so it probably should be called the Dow. It probably should be called the Dow Tech Index, but it's not. It's called the Industrials. So, as you know, one of my favorite topics being the stock market. Oh, that mid-hour break always comes up so quickly. Stay tuned to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'll be right back after the break. Oh!
1: Just go to mergedgospels.com. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds, so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes i do the same things over and over, until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council.
0: Welcome back to Business Buzz. This is Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm glad you have time to spend with me on this nice Chico summer afternoon. I was talking about that Dow Industrials. They always quote that. Now, the other number they quote a lot is called the S&P 500. That would be a more broad index and a more broad measure of the stock market. Here's the interesting article I've got for you. It is titled, In Just Five Years, Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google have doubled their effect on the S&P 500. Their stock rises and falls are becoming a bigger deal. Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, referred to collectively as FANG, now make up more than 11% of the S&P 500 index. Now, wait a second. I'm going to interject here. If there's 500 stocks on the index, how could five of them make up 11%? That would take 55 stocks, wouldn't it? No, it wouldn't. And the article goes on to explain why this happens. I'll continue reading. That's nearly double what they represented in 2013 when Facebook first became part of the index, which only lists the most valuable public companies in the U.S. These five companies had a total market value of nearly $3 trillion dollars, as of the end of the first quarter of the year, which means their influence on the index has greatly increased. Here's where it gets kind of technical, but bear with me. That's because unlike the Dow Jones Industrial Average, the S&P 500 is weighted according to the value of each company. The Dow, for reasons passing understanding, weights its 30 stocks by the price of each share. It stands to reason more valuable companies would carry more weight on an index of the most valuable companies. But given how quickly major Silicon Valley companies have grown, they're now having an outsized effect on the health of the American stock market. In other words, if Silicon Valley is having a bad run, the S&P 500 could have a bad day as well. Indexes like the S&P 500 have become even more important as big investment groups, pension funds, mutual funds, and 401ks, have made large bets on these indexes which are seen as a modestly safe, though aggressive investment. So-called passive investment where investors effectively bet on an index and sit back have also become popular, adding to the importance of the S&P 500. That's a short little article, but what I'm, what I'm pointing out is that five companies, all of which are not industrial they're all internet based of course now amazon and apple i would consider fairly fairly industrial because amazon does sell goods and apple does sell physical computers but netflix google and facebook that's completely internet don't forget the dot com crash of 2000 it was internet based and it went down really really far and really fast so we have five stocks that have a total value of $3 trillion that you take the total number of shares times the price per share. That's the valuation of that stock. So these companies with the share prices going up and up are now worth over 10% of the entire S and P 500s valuation. That's fairly incredible. When you think about a company like Facebook, which is actually, I believe facing some, lawsuits, especially in Europe, over their alleged false advertising as far as what they were doing with your information. If the fines due to lying about using people's private information are true, and I'm just throwing some numbers out, if there's a billion Facebook users... And their information got stolen a hundred times each. That's a hundred billion. And if that were to be $50 per violation, I mean, I'm just throwing out some numbers. Technically Facebook would be bankrupt. If that were to happen with some of these alleged violations, the latest potential violation, I always have to say alleged and potential because I don't know these things for a fact The latest alleged violation I've read about, I don't have the article in front of me, this thing called Ancestry.com, there's a competitor to that called 23andMe, where you send in your DNA and they analyze it and tell you where your relatives are from. Well, Google, I believe, owns 23andMe, and I just read that they have been caught, and I'm not sure it's illegal. It should be, but I don't know if it is. They've been caught selling your DNA information from through via 23andMe to like pharmaceutical companies for future drug and advertising purposes. Pretty incredible. What I'm trying to say is that if 10% of the entire S&P 500 is based on these five stocks, and these five stocks theoretically have legal ramifications that could bring bring down the house probably on almost any of these. That's pretty amazing. And that's a pretty bad way for you to insure all the money you've saved into your retirement plan or whatever you've been able to save. It's pretty, that's pretty bad insurance to have it based on the S&P 500 or the Dow Industrial 30 It's pretty bad to have your life savings dependent on whether these, quote, businesses are going to even survive, let alone continue to go up in value. Personally, I know of other internet companies. There's one called MySpace. When my son was young, it was the place all the kids were on, like they're on Facebook now. It was the place everybody posted their pictures and posted their music and blah, blah, blah. And within a couple of years, MySpace just died off and it's gone. I don't know why the same thing couldn't happen to Facebook. Except for the fact that central banks around the world are buying those stocks. I read an article a few weeks ago. I don't have that in front of me either. The Swiss National Bank, which is the central bank of Switzerland, is like one of the biggest Facebook stockholders owning millions of shares. First of all, I've asked before, what business do central banks that are supposed to be looking out for people, what business do they have deciding which stocks go up? I think that's completely anti-antecedent. I don't know the word. It's completely against the fairness that should be within something like a central bank system. The problem is that whole system is unconstitutional due to what I just read you about the gold and silver coins is our money and then the 1792 Act, which defined what a dollar is. So when you go on that basis, the entire system of banking that we have right now is illegal. But I'm not going to be a rabble-rouser I'm just not going to do it, but you can guess which side of the fence I'm on. I just think that everybody should have some money insurance if and when the confidence level of paper money ever declines. I pointed out before, this is the first time in history where there's never been a paper, there's never been a currency. There's never been a time where zero currencies were backed by anything other than faith and credit in the governments that issued them. And that's where we're at today. There's no really, really nowhere to turn. Before we come up on that quarter hour break, I'm going to read you a little more because this ties into the stock market and to the metals market because it's, it's an article that sort of combines the two. And it's it's called the Dow gold ratio is set for a vicious 98% fall. And it's from my friend Egon von Griers. Now the Dow gold ratio, now how would that work? Well, here's the way it works. The Dow Industrials is that number. Right now it's at about 25,000. Gold is at like 1250. So right now the Dow gold ratio is about 20 to 1. In other words, The number on the Dow would buy 20 ounces of gold in dollars. So this is another measure of a ratio where you take the price of the Dow, the number on the Dow divided by the price in dollars of the gold ounce. So right now it's at about 20. The winner takes it all, the loser standing small from an ABBA song is the next phase in the world economy. Sadly, there will be few real winners since the world and its people will be the loser in the coming phase of destruction of asset values, implosion of debts, as well as a breakdown of the fabric of society. I do realize that this all sounds very gloomy and also that bearers of bad news are not popular, but the world is now facing an inevitable breakdown of the biggest debt and asset bubble in history. It is absolutely certain that this will happen. So it is in my mind, not a question of if, but only when. Everybody will lose, but important to lose less. Although we will all be losers to some extent, there, are be, there will be some who are better protected than others. And the few people who understand this will be the winners in the investment world. This week, I want to make the message simple. There is one graph that tells the whole story of what will happen in the next few years. Anyone who gets this chart also understands what is going to happen. But there is only a minuscule percentage of maybe one-half of 1%, that's one out of 200, of the investment population who would even look at a simple chart that could be the difference between misery and fortune. This means that over 99% of the investment world will not be prepared for what is coming next, and most of these people will see a destruction of their assets to an extent that has never occurred previously in history. Their journey will end up in miseries, whilst the few who take the tide that leads to fortune will have secured their financial position. Now, the chart he's talking about is the Dow-gold ratio. I'm going to get back to this after the break. This is Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Useless organs? A useless argument. This is Ken Ham, an Aussie transplant with a passion for sharing God's word. Have you ever heard the claim that your body is full of useless structures left over from our supposed evolutionary past? This ridiculous claim has been debunked over and over. But you know, the myth still persists, and news articles still publish lists of these supposed organs. Sometimes our outer ear muscles are included. That's because we can't swivel them like some animals can. It's assumed they're left over from our supposed evolutionary past. But evidence suggests they're important for causing us to reflexively turn our eyes in the direction of a sudden sound. Our bodies, though marred by the curse, aren't full of leftovers. It's because we did not evolve. Plan your family's visit to the full-size Noah's Ark at the Ark Encounter when you go to AnswersRadio.com or listen to this program again or view a transcript at
0: AnswersRadio.com. By constantly keeping their radio dial locked in right here, our listeners experience a difference in their day.
1: You wake up with God on your mind, and um, all through the day, as much as I can get a chance, I'm listening to the radio. The atmosphere that you create determines the product that you'll produce. And so through the course of your day, You start your day with the presence of God so that your day will be productive and, you know, you can do the will of God and have a clear mind in doing it. Life Radio, KKXX, AM and FM.
0: If you hear Bachman-Turner Overdrive on KKXX, you're probably listening to Business Buzz. I'm Harold Littlejohn, CPA. I'm in the middle of reading you an article that points out the stocks versus gold chart. I encourage you to look this up because the internet makes it so easy to read these things. The article also contains a small quote, and I'm going to read this quote real quick. There is a tide in the affairs of men which taken at the flood leads on to fortune omitted all the voyage of their life is bound in shallows and in miseries on such a full sea. Are we now afloat and we must take the current where it's, when it serves or lose our ventures. And that's from Julius Caesar, the Shakespeare story. Now this chart that this article says is all you need to know is a chart of the Dow to gold ratio from 1997 to 2018. From 1999 to 2011, the Dow fell 87% versus gold. Now I'm going I'm to read, read on here. And he says the next fall will be bigger. The chart I am talking about is the stock market compared to gold. I will take the U.S. market as the example, but the ratio chart gold versus stocks could be applied to most stock markets in the world. If we first look at the Dow gold chart since 1997, we find that it topped in July 99 at 45. This means that one unit of the Dow bought 45 ounces of gold. It then crashed by 87% to six in 2011. Since then, there has been a steady recovery to the 20 level. In technical terms, that means a very normal 38% correction. So this chart, it shows it going straight down From 1999 to 2011, now it's bounced up uh, 38% back toward that other high point, but it's still very low. It's at 20. I'm going to read on. So 19 years after the Dow gold top in 1999, the stock market is still extremely weak, measured in real terms or real money, which is gold. And this is in spite of a major recovery in stocks since the 2009 bottom. This bodes ill for stocks. Whether the correction goes a bit higher than the 20 level is irrelevant. The chart shows that stocks have recovered in nominal terms due to massive money printing. But in real terms, stocks are in a long-term downtrend since 1999 and this downtrend will soon resume with a vengeance. Dow to gold, four crashes since 1837. 70%, 90%, 96% and 87%. To understand the longer trend, we need to look at a long-term chart since 1800. The chart shows that stocks have been in a long-term uptrend against gold for 200 years. This is the natural consequence of the real growth of the world economy fueled by industrialization and the discovery of oil. Between 1800 and 1913, the swings of the gold-dow ratio were relatively small with one one exception. But with the foundation of the Fed and modern central banking, the swings become much greater. The biggest crisis in the 1800s was the Panic of 1837, which lasted until 1844. As with all crises, this one was preceded by a major speculative bubble with stock and land prices surging, together with commodities like cotton and also slave prices. This led to a deflationary crash and a depression with high unemployment and bank failures. Out of 850 U.S. banks, 343 closed entirely and 62 failed partially. During the seven-year crash, the Dow-gold ratio declined by 70%. This was by far the biggest decline of the ratio in the 19th century. Crash of 1929, 90% fall. The next big fall was after the stock market crash of 1929 when the ratio fell 90%. Thereafter, it went up to 14-fold to a top in 1966. The next big drop was 96%, with Dow Gold reaching 1-to-1 in 1980. Then the biggest surge ever in the Dow Gold ratio started with a 45-fold increase between 1980 and 1999. Stocks boomed and gold declined. That 1999 peak is finally to stand not just for years, but for decades. The big megaphone pattern in the Dow-gold ratio since 1913 completed on the upside in 1999. Between 1999 and 2011, the ratio crashed by 87%. This is not the end of the downtrend. The next big move will at least reach the bottom of the megaphone. I would be surprised if the ratio doesn't go well below the one-to-one level it reached in 1980. More likely is Dow, one Dow to one-half ounce of gold or lower. A fall of that magnitude will involve a stock crash from here of 98% against gold. For the few who will anticipate this fall, it will lead to fortune. But for the 99.5% of investors who will not solve this relatively simple Gordian knot, it will mean misery and the biggest wealth destruction in history. Seldom has an investment decision been simpler. According to the legend, Alexander the Great, also had a simple solution to the Gordian knot. He used his sword and cut it in half. Although this version is disputed by some, it does show that there are very simple choices that can solve what seems complex problems. The dilemma is, of course, that most people cannot even see the present knot. All they see is a continuous long-term uptrend of stocks that will go on forever. Little do they understand that the gyrations in the Dow-Gold ratio will continue until the megaphone pattern is completed on the downside. Whether the ratio reaches one-to-one like in 1980 or overshoots to to one-half-to-one or less is irrelevant. What is important to understand is that governments and central banks have created a bubble of such proportions that when it pops, it will lead to a wealth destruction and a wealth transfer never before seen in history. I am here taking the Dow as an example of a stock market, but remember that the next crash will be a global phenomenon and no market will escape. One hundred years of mismanagement versus five thousand years of success. I am not saying that the holders of physical gold will totally avoid the misfortunes that will hit the world. Everyone will suffer. But when the panic starts, the ones who have taken protection in physical gold and some silver will feel a lot more secure than the ones who are still in the stocks or other bubble markets. One hundred years of financial mismanagement has not finished the five thousand year track record of gold as the only money which has survived in history. The next four to eight years will prove that again. So that's the article I wanted to share with you today because that's pretty powerful information. And all it takes is for you, instead of taking a hundred or two a month and putting it in your savings account. For more computerized zeros and ones in a computer program, take 100 or $2 and buy a few ounces of silver or buy a 10-ounce uh, gold coin. You can buy gold coins one-tenth ounce of gold. And you could buy a little bit of that each month. Don't worry about what price it's at right now. It's on super sale. Just buy a little bit each month and store it away for a rainy day. It's not that complicated. Like he says, these problems are not that tricky. They want you to think they're tricky. They, they want you to think it's so complicated that you better not do anything but send your money to the stockbroker and let them manage your 401k because it's too darn complicated for any regular people to understand. Well, I don't understand all the ins and outs of all the stuff they do, but I do understand how simple it is to at least buy insurance For the money that you think you have. Ah, that was quite an article. I'm spent. But I'm going to plot on to the end of the show because I have about five minutes left and I've saved the best for last. I've got another page and a half out of my favorite book called A Course in Miracles to share with you today before we leave. It is... Lesson 25 in the workbook. And the title of the lesson is, Drumroll please, I do not know what anything is for. Purpose is meaning. Today's idea explains why nothing you see means anything. You do not know what it is for. Therefore, it is meaningless to you. Everything is for your own best interests. That is what it is for. That is its purpose. That is what it means. It is in recognizing this that your goals become unified. It is in recognizing this that what you see is given meaning. You perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. Now remember, I'm going to interject here. Don't forget that the basis of this course is the split mind. One side is the ego and one side is your right mind. I'll start again. You perceive the world and everything in it as meaningful in terms of ego goals. These goals have nothing to do with your own best interests, because the ego is not you. This false identification makes you incapable of understanding what anything is for. As a result, you are bound to misuse it. When you believe this, you will try to withdraw the goals you have assigned to the world instead of attempting to reinforce them. Another way of describing the goals you now perceive is to say that they are all concerned with personal interests. Since you have no personal interests, your goals are really concerned with nothing. Now remember, I've told you before, when you're following the course, you're treating everything you see as if it's one of your own thoughts. So I'm going to repeat that. Since you have no personal interests, your goals are really concerned with nothing. In cherishing them, therefore, you have no goals at all and thus you do not know what anything is for before you can make any sense out of the exercises for today one more thought is necessary at the most superficial levels you do not i'm sorry you do recognize purpose yet purpose cannot be understood at these levels for example you do understand that a telephone is for the purpose of talking to someone who is not physically in your immediate vicinity What you do not understand is what you want to reach him for, and it is this that makes your contact with him meaningful or not. It is crucial to your learning to be willing to give up the goals you have established for everything. The recognition that they are meaningless rather than good or bad is the only way to accomplish this. The idea for today is a step in this direction. Six practice periods each of two minutes duration are required. Each practice period should begin with a slow repetition of the idea for today, followed by looking about you and letting your glance rest on whatever happens to catch your eye, near or far, important or unimportant, human or non-human, with your eyes resting on each subject you so select. Say, for example, I do not know what this chair is for. I do not know what this pencil is for. I do not know what this hand is for. Say this quite slowly without shifting your eyes from the subject until you have completed the statement about it. Then move on to the next subject and apply today's idea as before. Okay, so this is sort of a continuation of the lesson I read you a couple weeks ago that was nothing I see in this room means anything. And the point of this is is that you need to remember the levels, the problem you're going to have with starting to learn this idea and I'm still learning I'm not an expert by any means but the main problem is to remember that there's different levels you can't fix anything on this level from the same level you're on you can't fix the world from the world's level the only way you can fix the world is to go to a different level and fix it from there and that's what this type of exercise is doing when it says I do not know what anything is for And he mentions the fact that the telephone is for reaching someone and talking to them. But what he's saying is the real reason you want to communicate with him is not to talk to him. It's to connect with him. It's to be on that higher level with him. It's to realize that that person you're talking to is not an adversary or someone outside you. It's part of you. The entire meaning of this whole course that I'm, that I study and I'm trying to introduce people to is that you're going to fix things from a different level. You can't fix them from the level you're on right now. I encourage you to at least study this. If you're, if you're interested at all, like I've said, you can go to the internet and look up searchable versions of the book. You can print out pages if you want to read them. But these lessons are so helpful in day-to-day to day- to day living You can absolutely make yourself invulnerable to a lot of the problems you think you have simply by doing some of these exercises and realizing that if it's true that I'm not on this level in reality, wouldn't it be nice to fix this level via the way I think through the other level? That's the purpose of studying the course. You're going to fix things from another level. As I've said before, problems are here for a reason. You won't fix them here. KKXX Paradise. K280GL Chico. And k two.
1: Your news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Val Dior. William Gross has been sworn in as Boston's first black police commissioner. Retired Superintendent Randall Halstead says it is a proud day in Boston. Dr.
0: Martin Luther King is
1: looking down and smiling because he is seeing the realization of one of his dreams. In which a man is not judged by the color of his skin, but by the content of his character. Gross took the oath today at the Morning Star Baptist Church in front of his family, officers, and community members. Not a good day in Chicago for that community, as police say weekend shootings across the city left at least 11 people dead and about 70 wounded. Police Patrol Chief Fred Waller says they're determined to stop the violence. We need more help from our uh, judicial system.